0: purchase the keep the faith ebook and paperback on amazon now at bit.ly/keepthefaithbook Keep the Faith by Anna Tejano Chapter 11 I wasn't looking forward to the holiday season as much as I used to and I'm ashamed to admit that the primary reason was because I was single again It shouldn't be a big deal, and I thought it was immature and whiny of people to complain about their Christmas being emotionally cold when other people's holidays were literally cold because they lacked shelter and food. I was getting through the holiday season unscathed. Sure, gone were my usual holiday traditions with James, like how he'd pick me up every Christmas morning and have lunch at their house. Then we'd head over to our house for dinner. Or New Year's, which he usually spent with my family at home. And we'd be like every other cheesy couple who'd kiss as soon as the clock struck 12. But other things had made up for the lack of those traditions. Like my sister and her family staying at home for the holidays. The house was full, and Diana was running around, distracting everyone. Best of all, Mommy was too busy being the best grandmother in the world to bug her children, namely me. The second thing that helped was my renewed friendship with James. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been sure that my greeting would have been welcome, and thankfully, he had responded warmly. Sure, there was this tiny twinge when I counted down the new year, but I felt better when my niece peppered me with kisses while my parents, the Joy and her husband, and Paul and his girlfriend, smooched. But the most unexpected person was Nico. As promised, he brought my presents to the mission kids and called me while he was there. We were barely able to converse because his phone had been passed around from one kid to another that it took almost 30 minutes before he got it back. Then he had to say goodbye because the kids continued to clamor for his attention. I didn't expect to hear from him after that, but he called again the next day. He was at the cathedral, and he asked if I had been there. I told him I had been there several times, then he asked if I'd like it if he lit a candle for me inside. He seemed to be a fan of that. I thought it was nice and thoughtful of him, even if the call wasn't necessary. A few hours later, Nico called again to tell me about something that happened when they visited his cousin Lynn, and on his random phone calls went the rest of the holiday break. When he couldn't call, he would text, and soon we had conversations that only stopped whenever one of us fell asleep, and we'd continue when we woke up, Our topics range from what he did that day to the funny things my niece did. He gave me a list of places in Iloilo that I must visit when I go back. And he listened when I complained about how my mom tried to get more of her friends to recruit me in their companies. Nico and I didn't talk all day, but we talked a lot. More than we did when he was in Manila. It was so easy to talk to him and I found that I was looking forward to hearing his voice. And hearing my phone trill with a message notification in finding his name waiting for me in my inbox. Whenever he mentioned Lucy, I'd feel this little knot in my stomach that sent a slightly bitter taste to the back of my throat. I tried to hold back on our conversations and to not be so attached, but I'd only last until he called. I thought of asking Rain and Maya about this, but decided not to. Talking about it felt like a validation of my feelings, and I didn't need that right now. We were friends, and there was nothing wrong with talking all the time, right? Soon, the holiday break was over, and as always, we started off our work year by joining a three-day volunteering fair with other nonprofit organizations at the mall near the HQ. We joined every year to add new names to our volunteer base, as well as build our batches for our upcoming mission trips, which included phase two of my Iloilo mission. Nothing like the start of a new year to encourage people to start volunteering. As head of all the volunteers, this was Alvin's event, so we weren't required to be there. But development workers always want to be in the field, even if the field simply meant an activity center at a mall. Good crowd today, April told me when I arrived on the first day of the fair. She was manning the booth while Alvin bought lunch. She also wasn't supposed to be there, but her pregnancy gave her a free pass in the organization to everywhere she wanted to go. Define good, I said, sitting on the vacant chair beside her. Well, most of them seemed like they really wanted to volunteer. Although maybe half of them just signed up to fulfill school requirements, but we'll take that, she grinned. Then there are about ten people so far who asked if they could drop off old clothes to us. I chuckled. It was a usual thing we experienced at volunteering fairs. Some people would ask if we can get rid of their stuff by donating them to us. That's why we started being a bit picky with the donations we received. Most of the time, we got unusable clothing donations. Well used underwear, school uniforms, ratty shirts that won't even help with a cold, and sometimes even prom gowns. We were sure they had good intentions, but These clothes were not always very helpful. But don't worry, your ilo ilo mission is almost full. You'll have a lot of minions by phase two. Don't let Sir Tony hear you call them that, I warned her, grinning. Our boss didn't like the term, but April didn't stop using it, although she only meant it as a joke. Then I groaned. I'm not even sure if we'll get all the funding we need. I pulled out my laptop from my bag and set it on the table. It would be great if we could get even just half the funding. I met with Sir Tony earlier and he had blocked off an hour of my time every day so we could work on the presentations for the prospective donors. Oh, I totally get that, she said, wrinkling her nose. But you'll get it. Don't worry. She turned and entertained the yuppies who stopped by the table and handed them brochures before turning back to me. You'll get the hang of presenting to the donors in no time. Why did I volunteer for this post again? Because it's time for a career move and you love what you're doing. You want to see people have safe and dignified lives that aren't vulnerable to the elements, she said, squeezing my arm. Thanks for reminding me, I said, wrinkling my nose. Oh, and Sir Tony made me book my flight earlier, I chuckled. Always fun when he makes you look for cheap flights. Our director's concept of cheap domestic flights was in the range of 5 to 7000. And it was so amusing when we tell him how much our flights cost whenever we buy discounted airfares. Tell me about it. He really needs an assistant to do this for him. When are you leaving? First week of April, I said, peering at the ticket that was still on my laptop screen. But the return flights to Manila in July were really expensive, so it's just a one-way ticket for now until the next sale. She grinned, a teasing glimmer in her eyes. Maybe you can stay longer in Iloilo. Then a group of guys walked over to our table, and April stood up with a ready smile, brochures in hand to entertain them. I closed my laptop, deciding that the presentation work can wait, and stood up to join her. My eyes scanned the crowd. I gasped when I saw a familiar figure making his way towards us French fries! My lips stretched into a wide grin as Nico got closer, the shock giving way to a pleasant, warm feeling in my chest, like how it feels when I wake up and catch the sunrise. Nico had extended his vacation for a few days after the holidays, so the seat beside me at the HQ had been empty, and it was getting pretty lonely too. I knew he was flying back today, but I didn't expect to see him until Monday. Nico! Hey! Hey! I hadn't even finished speaking before he dropped the stuff he was carrying onto our table, then pulled me in a tight hug. It took me a few seconds before I could react and hug him back. His arms tightened around me. This was only the second time he had hugged me, but I marveled at how familiar it felt, his warmth and scent flooding my senses. I had missed him. Sure, we talked often, but I missed his physical presence. I clutched his arms to keep my balance as he pulled back. I was still reeling from the sensual assault. His hands gently cupped my elbows, holding me steady, and the look on his face told me that he saw my reaction. I flexed my fingers to resist the urge to touch his dimple. He held me for a few more seconds before gently letting me go, his touch leaving a tingly feeling on my skin. Then he turned to April and gave her a friendly pat on the shoulder which she returned, but not without giving me a mischievous look. Did you just get back today? She asked him. This morning, terrible traffic on the way here, Nico said with a groan. That's one thing I didn't miss while I was in the province. Who else did you miss while you were away? She asked, grinning at him while I took a seat. Nico just laughed and sat beside me. April winked at me before reaching inside the box of brochures to replenish the depleted stock on our table. Food incoming! Alvin appeared with their lunch, stopping short when he saw us. Oh shoot, I didn't know the two of you will be here. Let me go back and get- No, it's okay, Nico interrupted, lifting the small box that he had put on the table. I'm fine, I already had lunch. And I got Faith pizza. I looked at him, his eyes twinkling while I struggled to keep eye contact. No thanks to the blush that was creeping up my cheeks. Is this what I think it is? Yes, cheese, Nico said. I don't know if it's the best one around, but it's from the closest store here. I don't mind, I replied. Thank you. He beamed as I opened the box. When I looked up after I got a piece, Alvin and April were looking at us curiously. It's her favorite, Nico shrugged. No one said anything. Alvin and April exchanged glances, looked at us, then shrugged and settled down with their lunches. By the way, I have something for you, french fries, Nico said. He reached into his bag and handed me a small, slightly dented, green envelope. It's from the kids. I thanked him, opening the envelope. Inside was a brown and green woven bracelet and a card. My eyes widened when I read the card. The kids made the bracelet. They were making a bunch when I got there, and when I gave them your presents, they decided to make one for you, Nico explained. Then he smiled. The card was my idea. This is so sweet. Sloppy handwriting and colorful doodles filled the insides, and there was hardly any space left from all the drawings. I could just imagine Nico sitting down with the kids and handing them crayons. I was about to ask more about the bracelet, but a shift in the atmosphere made me stop. You know how you just know when a person is in the same place, even if you don't see them because you can feel their presence? And it's not even because they're being loud, but more because you're so familiar with this person that his aura, or whatever it is, is something you automatically pick up. I felt him before I saw him, and somehow I heard his voice even in the din of the crowd milling about. I stood up and scanned the area and found him two booths away as if sensing me too, and that thought gave me a tiny thrill. He looked up from the flyer he was reading, and our eyes met. His face brightened, and he started making his way toward our booth. Faith, isn't that... April's voice and her gentle touch on my arm broke my trance. I nodded, taking a deep breath to calm my pounding heart. Her brows furrowed in concern, and she stepped closer to me. Hey, it's okay, I said suddenly uncomfortable with the attention. Don't worry, we're friends now, remember? Her forehead wrinkled, but she neither said anything nor moved away. So we were standing side by side, with April as my guard, when James arrived at our table. Hey, Faith. This episode was sponsored by What Kind of Day by Mina v. Esguera. A senator's speechwriter accidentally joins a tour of his own city and through his passionate tour guide, gets to experience a new side of Manila on what should have been the worst day of his career. Available on Amazon, Apple Books, Kobo, Google Books, and other retailers worldwide. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano Text copyright, Ana Tejano Narrated by Jade Albert. Produced by Tanya Arpa and Mina V. Esguera. Purchase the Keep the Faith ebook and paperback on Amazon now at bit.ly/keepthefaithbook. Season three of the Romance Class podcast features an unabridged audio version of a novel by a Filipino author, featuring a Filipino narrator. We do this to make the work of Filipino authors more accessible to more readers and introduce Filipino voices in more ways than one. Help readers find us by leaving a review or a rating in Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any podcatcher of your choice. You can find the links to subscribe on romancepodcast.com. Subscribe, share, live tweet as you listen. Add hashtag Romance Class so we can find your reactions and feedback. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, email mina at romancepodcast.com. Find more romance books by Filipino authors on romanceclassbooks.com. And I thought it was immature and whiny of people to complain about their Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> ah, why does be really? Cool. <laughs> okay. okay. And we'd be like every other cheesy couple who'd kiss as soon as the clock struck mid- Not midnight, it's 12. <laughs> April winked at me before reaching inside the box of brochures to replenish the de- 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 depleted stock on the table. Sorry.